welcome to episode two of Glorio's King of the Kaiju. It is still July, we have not forgotten, and we're back. <laughs> we've got two... We, mm, spoilers. We've got Flappy Bird this time. We are watching Rodan, also known as... I'm going to let you read it this time. Uh, Sora no Dakaiji. There's another bit. Uh Oh, that's part of the name. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Well, this is this. The font we're using in this document is so big that there's a line right line wrap, and I thought that it was anyway. Sorano Daikaiju Radon slash Giant Monster of the Sky Radon. Yep. Uh, which incidentally is a way cooler name than just Rodan. It sure is. Um, pour one out for the image art on the blog, which just does not look as good when it doesn't have a gigantic film name at the top. Mm-hmm. Bad times. Uh, anyway, no, we survived. We're here for an episode two. We haven't cancelled yep. this show just yet. Just yet. Um, we did watch this film a couple of weeks ago, though. Yes. So we admittedly did have to refresh ourselves, or at least I refreshed myself before this. Like I kind of skimmed through the movie again. Um, Same. I don't know. You seemed pretty, pretty uh, familiar with some of the notes you'd made, and I didn't have a clue about so i feel like either you're better at remembering things than i am or you'd already skimmed through it i had i kind of both probably i i have my own writing style that i think i know how to understand it's code yep kaiju code (laughs) can you crack it (laughs) can you crack the kaiju code (laughs) Uh, that's a way better name (laughs) (laughs) well i have a feeling i know what game we're gonna make next year um, so I figured we'd uh, start off uh, by reading the feedback we got on episode one. Uh, the one piece of feedback. The, the one piece of feedback that we got literally a couple of days ago. So thank you, yep. uh, Tachibana Canada, uh, whoever you are. <laughs> nudge, nudge wink. <laughs> um, so, Koans, if you want to read that for, for the sake of listeners that may not have seen it. I, I I will do that. Um, I will explain for some context, though. Uh, spoilers for um for Gamera, the giant monster. Uh, that film ends with them sending Gamera to Mars, mm-hmm. which was completely like it was not foreshadowed at all. It was foreshadowed that they had some plan, but the fact that it was sending Gamera to Mars was not foreshadowed, and we thought this was very silly. Mm-hmm. It was. Um. Tachibana Canada has um, has come back to us with with the following piece of very insightful feedback about what was it was it called Plan Z? Uh, that sounds right, Plan Z. Yeah. Um, as someone who hasn't seen the film or indeed consumed any kaiju media beyond Shin Godzilla and Clifford the Big Red Dog, if shonen anime has taught me anything, it's that smashing someone against a stationary object is the most conventional form of attack that there is. So. No reason that Gamera shouldn't survive landing on Mars if the statement about being able to withstand any conventional attack is true. As for why Mars, Gamera has demonstrated the ability to breathe fire. Given that fire carries momentum like rocket exhausts, this means that if left in space, Gamera would be able to propel themselves and eventually project themselves back to Earth. On the other hand, on Mars, the propulsion wouldn't be enough to overcome Mars's gravity, so Gamera will be trapped indefinitely. Venus would also have worked, depending on how the orbital timings were lining up, but assuming Gamera could withstand its atmosphere, Venus would give Gamera the advantage of a smokescreen, whereas on Mars, you could track their activities from orbit before descending, if you ever did want to visit a Gamera-afflicted planet for some reason. 
Uh, I must admit that that comment reminds me, uh, and and kind of spoilers, I guess, kind of reminds me of uh, that first um, Godzilla movie that Netflix made. Well, Netflix hosted, I guess they didn't make it. It's not quite accurate. Which, oh, but... the the planet of the planet of the monsters or whatever it was. Yeah, called. the we've we've decided to visit a planet that happens to have a Godzilla on it. Yeah, but uh, no shout outs to Tachibana Canada for thinking about this in way more detail than we did, um, and potentially more detail than the filmmakers did. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at because. <laughs> I feel like someone on that team probably had that idea. I just wish it had communicated it a little bit because it would it's super smart if that is the reason yeah. they decided on that. Um I don't know. I I I can see the argument for what year was uh Gamera put out? 1965 is, is what it was. I can I can see the argument that perhaps um the audience for that film wouldn't be expected to have a great knowledge of how gravity works. Sure. But that said, like, Space Race was kind of swinging by then. People were... I have no idea. Well, it it just so happens that we're celebrating a 50th anniversary of moon landing. Oh, yeah. So... Timely. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... It's in the, it's in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'd, I'd like to think that that they that's what they were thinking of. But you know, mm. if, if they could have mentioned it, that'd have been nice. Yeah, uh, just like a brief mention of so it can't so it can't come back. Yeah, yeah, by rocketing itself. Because anyway, yeah, to me, it's more like Mars sounds cool, which it <laughs> yeah, does. that's that's what it seemed like. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. <clears throat> just like that. If you have some hot feedback based on this episode that we have not yet filmed then do leave a comment on and we won't be filming uh yes no we're gonna trash this episode immediately um i mean we don't we don't film podcast episodes we're not that kind of says podcast. you check out episode one on youtube not kidding oh no <laughs> <laughs> we are on youtube shout outs if you're listening to this on youtube but it's not <laughs> I, we still aren't filming i'm gonna yet. film a five second clip of me flipping you off just to prove you wrong Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, so blog will be on thegloriablog.com after this uh, is, has gone live. Um, yep. And you can you can watch that or the Twitter or the YouTube channel for more info on when we do these. They will be once a month. Uh, we will probably be a bit more timely next month. but oh, We kind of have to be because if we're any later than this month, we'll miss it entirely. This is fair. Um, Shall we get into the film? Yeah, probably. Um, so like in, in, uh, the Gamera episode, I've got a few fun facts, TM, uh, about the film. Are you ready? No. Okay, good. So, uh, Rodan is Ishiro Honda's seventh film after Godzilla. So yeah, he was the, he's the director most famous for creating the original Godzilla, but he made a bunch of those Godzilla films. So I, I the, the, you're missing the most important part of this fact. Yep. Uh, so seventh film after Godzilla, but it released only two years later. <laughs> so Honda um, was directing, right? Yes. Uh, he, <laughs> I think he every Godzilla film he worked on, he directed with the exception of maybe one. Right. I think he had a different role in, but but yeah, 
like seven films in two years seven films in two years uh and another note here 1957 he made six films including the mysterious <laughs> so uh, busy man kind of curious Jeez. something you didn't really mention because i don't know like how uh much information there is on it but i'm kind of curious about if these films overlapped or not in terms of filming like production timeline or whatever yeah because he, in, in theory, he could be filming two films in one go and, you know, Heck, reeling those off there's, for editing. There's always the possibility that some of them were shot on the same sets. Oh, I believe that. Well, actually, I know that, especially on some of the water sets. Like when Toho dismantled that water set after Final Wars. That oh, was like, that thing, yeah. Yeah, that thing was used in a lot of films. And that's just the water area. I'm sure it kind of mm. carried over to a bunch of things. Um, fun fact number two. Kenji Sahara, yeah. who plays the lead role, Shigeru Kawamura. You'll you'll hear more about him in a minute. You uh, will. He appears in pretty much every Godzilla film and many other kaiju films, uh, all the way up to Final Wars. Um, so I believe he's still actually around. I, d- I do not think he has passed away just yet. But he uh, he's like a ca- he he basically does the Stan Lee thing where he just makes cameos in some of the later films rather than having lead roles. Um, but yeah, he was in Final Wars. Um, I think. Shin Godzilla would have been the first film he's not in, uh, even even as a as a as a cameo. As as far as I'm aware, he's not in that film. Um, but yeah, so he's pretty prominent. The, the the other thing about Toho films in general is that they had uh, a pretty they they basically like hired actors in house. So this is why you get a lot of re- recurring actors in a bunch of films from the same couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, as such, <laughs> fun fact number. When, when you say when you say hired uh, hired hired in house, do you mean they were salaried? Uh, I believe so. I, it, huh. it, it it feels to me like it was a bit of a wrestling roster in which they were just flipping people's roles around rather than hiring uh, or auditioning for roles. I might be That's... wrong about that, but it is it is very the the, the casts are very very similar on a lot yes. of these films. That's super interesting. Sorry, I interrupted your fact number three. Fun fact number three, uh, Akihiko Hirata, who plays Professor Professor Kashiwagi in, in this film, is Dr. Daisuke Serizawa in the original Godzilla. <laughs> who is the one who invents the oxygen bomb, right? That's him. He, yeah. He's uh, not to spoil Godzilla, because that'll come up sooner or later, but he is a pretty... Well, he is like the most important character other than Godzilla in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, yeah, I think he's got about 10 minutes in this film. He holds a photo up to another photo drawing, whatever. Oh, that was okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's guy. Yes. So that one team, you might not recognize him cause he's not wearing an eye patch this time. <laughs> um, and final fun fact, uh, George Takei appears in the dub of this film. He voices the newlywed husband on the volcano where Rodan kind of claims, one of the first victims in this film. When did when did the dub come out? Uh I want to say it was a couple of years after this. Okay. It was a really really early role for Tike, so uh I feel like, like it was pre pretty... Star Trek. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um and he's also in Godzilla Rays again, which is the one with Vangiris and his floppy head. <laughs> 
I can't the, the two the two most important cast members. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I can't mention Godzilla Raids Again and Gyrus without mentioning the floppy head because it's No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my fun fact corner. Uh so I guess we'll move on to actually talking about the movie itself. Yep. So uh we we were we were we were wondering about when this film was set, but in the absence of any information, I'm assuming that it's set when it came out. So fifty six. It doesn't seem like out of out of. It doesn't seem unreasonable that it would be set present day. Yeah. Uh, so basically, we're introduced to um, a coal mine. Uh, there's you know all of the coal mine trappings. They've got mine carts. They've got people dressed up with hard hats on and covered in coal dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got this frankly terrifying funicular that they use to get people into the mine that's really, really cramped and in a very dark tunnel. It is like very reminiscent of a horror themed roller coaster. It it didn't yeah. look great. <laughs> yeah. Um uh but we, we we join this mine as they are investigating a flood in one of the mines. Mm-hmm. Um and I believe two characters go down with did they have weapons at this point yet? No. So this uh they 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 decide to investigate, but this is kind of this is uh, part of our main crew because uh, yeah at the, at the time of the investigation they don't know that there was anyone down there when it flooded, um, mm. and this is where we get our first victim, um, a character called Yoshi who we we meet very briefly before his corpse shows up. Um, he has a, a bit of a fist fight with another character called Goro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very basic scene in that they just kind of it's really just to introduce their names because Yoshi is dead like two minutes later at best. Yes. Um yes. so yeah, they just kind of find him floating in the flooded mine. I uh, don't really yeah. know what's up with him. Uh I, I hope you're not too sad about this, by the way, because uh despite being dead, Yoshi gets a lot of screen time. He does. Um which I think also kind of explains why they spend seemingly spent a lot of time making his corpse look real, uh, because man, that corpse looked real. Yeah, it's so. I assume that it was just the the same actor from before. It's kind of hard to tell because he was clothed when we met him. He was not when they found him, um, or at least he may have been clothed. But they, I think, they might have removed his clothes for the autopsy. not so autopsy. Yeah. Um, but he was like very, very skinny. His like um, extremities were blackened. It it's like you you could tell it wasn't an actual corpse. But as far as like movie cadavers go, it was pretty look good looking, especially yeah. for the fifties. Yeah, like they did a really good job with makeup and yeah. also just direction. And if it is actually an actor, they do a good job of like staying still and looking like they've got rigor mortis. <laughs> Did a good job of looking dead. Yeah, which I, I you you laugh, but I've seen films where the actors do a really bad job of looking dead. I oh, think yeah. I've seen Godzilla films where we've seen that. Yeah, I I wouldn't have been that surprised if you could see them breathing on the yeah. table or whatever. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, nothing nothing but a thumbs up from me on that. Yep. Um, we do kind of get our first kind of setup shots here as well of like the greater area because most of those earlier shots are set in the coal mine. Yes. it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, so it's it's like a it's like a mining village, presumably like mm. set up specifically for 
this this mine and not like the the oh, like the building the houses look kind of nice. I don't know if I don't know how long it's been there for. In theory, yeah, it it feels like they've moved a bunch of families up there so that they could live near the mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice area. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hard to hard to find a bad looking area. Although, mind you, it is post war Japan in theory. Yeah, they don't um, really go into that. <laughs> no, they kind uh, of ignore there, that there whole is, thing. There's no evidence of post war Japan in this, which is whatever. Like, um, but uh, yeah, considering it was what. Like ten ish years, yep. After World War Two, there's kind of no evidence of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's it it's a kind of nice area, which I I think is a very deliberate choice, considering what happens later on. Yes. Uh, yes. Um. Because spoilers, there might be a kaiju in this film. Uh wow. Yeah, I know. I know. It. Um. Yeah, I, I guess what is kind of interesting comparing this to Gamera is that even though they were going for the same kind of thing, this Rodan does like a way better job 10 years earlier of being yep. a, a horror film than Gamera does. Also, just in terms of production values, like it's in color, the filming looks way mm-hmm. better, the shot composition seems way better. Yeah, this um, is, I think, a very good example of how much money and resources Toho had versus Daie at the time. Yeah, like ten just years the fact ahead. that just the, just the fact that Gamera ten years later was was in black and white when Rodan's in color is yeah says a lot about that kind of time period. But anyway, yeah, it's 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 interesting knowing that. But uh, uh, we we kind of get into the exploration of the mines because obviously so, now that they know. Yeah, that, they, they, uh, sorry, go on. I was gonna say, yeah, no, they they send some more people in, and this is this is what I went when I said earlier. Do they have weapons? Mm-hmm. They send in some people. I believe at this point they're tied together. Yeah, so they they tie ropes around each other's waist so that if uh, someone gets lost, they can drag them. They out. know where they are. Yep. Uh, so they head down with with little pistols into the mines, into the same mine, uh, and the one who has stood at the front, who is. What's the name of the one at the front? The one who gets chomped first. Uh, character A. Okay, so character A <laughs> gets chomped uh, and dragged. Like, we don't see the monster that's in the water yet, but it's it's pretty effective, like, tension building because you can't see under the water and <laughs> you know that something bad's good. It's, and, and also just the idea of being in this cave that is going... It's, it's, a, it's a horrible seeming place to be yeah it's 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 a cramped cave you can't see in the water it's dark yep you're being dragged underwater and there's nothing your friends can do about it and so person b who is tied to person a who's being dragged underwater shoots a couple of times just (laughs) vaguely in the water which seems risky um and then unties the rope from their waist and runs away and calls using the in mind telephony system uh, calls up so, an alert of some kind. I believe this was the third character because I'm pretty sure the monster dragged two people down, and then oh, interesting. Okay, caught the third person. Yes, yeah, so we 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 get uh, a shot of um this 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 last person holding onto the phone that they're using with shadows of something evil looking mm-hmm. approaching them, and then it cuts and there's a scream, and you know that's them done. Godzilla 2014 takes some notes. 
like this, uh, it's like a lot of work for the, this particular monster, uh, like kind of setting it up and teasing it. And yep. spoilers, it is not Rodan. Like they, they, they build this up to make it seem like the monster, but it, it super isn't. And I think that the fact that they do that for a monster that isn't even in the title of the film. Yeah. It's, su- uh, it's super smart. And yeah, well, well, we'll get to it pretty soon because essentially they keep building up this monster. Uh, and eventually the first time we see it for real, like out in the town. Yep. Uh, we just like see its full body eventually after a bunch of tension building in the mines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it runs a little bit rampage of a rampage in the town, and I think then it runs up the hill and they try and chase it. Is that when that happens? Yeah. So it 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 kind of it shows up, I think, in the main character's love interest's house. Yes. Uh, Who is now the widow of? She's not the widow. It was her brother. Oh right. Who, okay. Who died? Yep. Um. So yeah, she's she's not in a great mood, and then this monster shows up, uh, and basically the just the entire uh, the remaining the remaining people on this island, of which there are quite a lot of people, uh, chase this monster up a hill, yep, and shoot at it very badly, putting the stormtroopers in good light. I think is yeah, they're well to be like there's there's a lot I there are a lot of questions I have about this scene in particular. They're a long way away, and they're shooting with little pistols, yeah, and it doesn't seem like the best use of arms. The other thing that I would like to observe about this scene is, remember earlier when we said that this film had a really good-looking corpse? Mm-hmm. This scene doesn't. Sure doesn't. Uh, this, the, the, the not, we should just name it. Yeah. Um, the, the monster that, 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 that this is, is the Meganalon. The Meganalon? Which is a great name. So the Meganalon is this big old bug-looking thing. Uh, attacks the folks who are chasing it up the hill. And we get some some ragdolls that wouldn't look out of place in Thunderbirds. They Yeah, they're just action figures on strings. Uh, it looks bad. Yeah, which like, is such a shame given how good Yoshi looked. Yeah, it's it's entertaining, but that is not what it's going for. No. Um yeah, it's it's pretty much I think it's two two figurines on strings being yep. flung around mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure the Meganulon is also on strings. It's mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. It it's I don't know. I I I get the 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 whole action figure scene is like very uh well used. In, in this kind of era of film, like Ultraman did it a lot, but like compared to the acting and, and the corpse work they did earlier, it's kind of, you yep. can't help but compare it. So it, it doesn't look great. Yep. Uh, so after this, the Meganalon uh, runs away uh, mm-hmm. in, into the mountain. And after some chatting about uh, the state of things, they send some more military-looking folks into the mine. Yeah, they're really determined to to shoot it properly this time. Yep. Uh, and then our main character in 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 the mine. Uh, what's his name? The main character guy, Shigeru. 
Shigeru gets trapped in a mind collapse in a in a cave with the Meganalon. Yeah, he he's basically it's one of those like cliche wall falls down and I'm on the other side of it and everyone else is on the other side of it. Yep. And everybody um, else is like shooting through the hole with their actual machine guns now that they've got. Yeah. They they've got big guns that seem to be doing stuff, but I don't think they actually managed to kill anything with them. Yep. Um, no, they they don't. The Meganalon totally survives. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a hardy beast. It's a big caterpillary party beast. It kind of looks like a giant isopod, like a little bit, except it's got more of a defined head. Yeah, yeah. Like the, sh- the, the back, the back shell is isopodish. I so I don't know that I would have said it had a shell, but I need to have another look at it. I guess because I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at the scene after the mine scene right now, which sure. is when they're doing some some. They've got good photos of it now, mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking at them and talking about what to do about it. Shoot it with a bigger gun. Uh huh. That that'll probably work. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, anyway, they then send out some people to a uh, a big old crater yep. that is above where the mine was, and you'll never guess who they find there. Is it Shigeru? It is, and he doesn't remember anything. No, he's he's got super amnesia or something. And is just like, he's, and he's, is like super passive and not talking, and it it's like kind of shell shock and amnesia all in one. He's just completely out of it. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of spend uh, a decent period of time here, uh, attempting to rehabilitate him. Like he's yep. kind of wrapped up and bandaged. He's put in a bed. He's got mm-hmm. loved ones surrounding him, trying to encourage him to say anything meaningful. And they try lots of different things until eventually. Yeah, they they kind of do that. Um, is it the Rorschach test? The yeah, they kind of do a Rorschach test, but with like weird monster looking things. Yeah, so <laughs> instead of showing him blobs, they're just like, "Here's a pterodactyl, uh, and here's a a worm that is it's just a photo of the Meganulon, and he freaks out. Yep, that's the thing that gets him gets him going again. Um, yeah. So at this point as well, we we uh. We kind of get a. It's a bit, a little bit later on when he's at, back at home and and he sees the uh, eggs in the bird nest. Wait, have I? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is important. So he's having a conversation with a uh, love interest uh, that I do not remember the name of, and I don't think her name is mentioned, or at least maybe really early on, because um, she's basically only there just to to kind of heal Shigeru up, and that's about it. Um, yep. but there's a conversation they have in, in, in this house, uh, involving, uh, I don't, it's basically, it's a couple of birds in a bird cage and I'm not convinced that they are actually canaries, although that would make sense as they're at a coal mine, but, mm-hmm. um, two birds nonetheless. And she hands Shigeru the nest from inside the cage, which has a couple yes. of eggs in it. Yep, and one of them starts hatching. Yes, and this triggers like a big, like ten to fifteen minute long flashback, uh, where we get to see, um, we get to see him kind of relive everything he'd kind of forgotten up until now. Yep, uh, which it turns out to be the hatching of Rodan. Um, he he's kind of it shows him kind of underground after being cut off the from everybody. 
Um, we yeah. get to see some toy bats on some strings, which is good for setting the mood. <laughs> um, we see like a whole colony of Meganulon. There's just loads of them here. Yep. Um, there's like one big one that the one that people were shooting at comes and meets as if they were the, the parents. Yep. Uh, and there's just a lot of babbies, a lot of babby Meganulon in there. Um, but they still seem pretty big. Yes, they are. They're, they're smaller. They're noticeably smaller, but they are still huge. Yep. Um, uh, speaking of huge, there is a gigantic uh, Link's Awakening egg just in the corner. <laughs> uh, which then... It doesn't have spots on it like Link's Awakening egg. It doesn't, no. Yes. It's, Other than that. It's a, it's a pretty boring egg as far as, as uh, important eggs go, but... Uh, it slowly cracks open to which we see this uh, baby Rodan. Um, it's kind of like they do a decent job in kind of convincing you that it is a newborn bird because it is yeah, like, like it's covered in weird gunk and stuff. Yeah, it's got that gunk. It's very squishy looking. It's mm. very, it's very noticeably not the main suit for the for Rodan. Yeah, it is a special, specially made fans baby of, Rodan fans suit. Of, f- fans of Shin Godzilla will remember. Uh, the art of making several stages for your monster. Oh yeah, that's Digimon basically. It's yeah, here. yeah. In in a very bleeding, gory way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and this <laughs> this this babby this. Um, sorry. Don't worry. I'm just I'm just thinking about Shin Godzilla blood tomato ketchup dispenser. <laughs> This is this is fair. Uh, so this this babby this babby waggler this babby waggler Rodan. Yep. Um, still in its egg, reaches down and with just the tip of its beak, yep. starts picking up medallions. This this is like a, 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 a real bird chick eating ants. It's that kind of scale comparison. Yeah. So they've spent the first... Is, is it by this point half? Yeah, they've spent the first half of the film yeah. building up these insects as like these giant nightmare things. And this baby, this baby just picks them up and chomps them as if they're like rice krispies. Yeah, it's it's a super super good shot because it doesn't it doesn't make a big deal out of it. It's just oh oh it's yeah. big. <laughs> yep. Um which uh it, it's super good here. I feel like we kind of lose a bit of that when Rodan later reappears, but we do, we do, but, but we'll get to that for this entire scene. This gig, I, you, you can kind of start to see why Shigeru kind of blanked everything out because this gigantic nightmare baby bird is like eating this, these things that murdered a bunch of his friends. So, yep. Uh, so while all this has been happening, mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So. So. Yeah. No. The. What. What. What we learn is that the earthquake that had happened earlier, which we hadn't talked about, um, was caused by this thing presumably breaking out of the ground because a bunch of like places have been s- saying that they've been seeing this really fast jet. We see a scene of two newlyweds, I think, taking photos on uh near a volcano crater. Yeah. This is the George Decay and- newlywed couple. And they get killed, yes, uh, mysteriously. They they um, they just like their belongings remain, and there's no sign of the bodies. Yep, and we see some shots of uh, a very fast moving flying object that sounds a lot like a jet, more like a jet than the jets that we see. Yep, 
Um, we do see a few and we, and we see some really gruesome. We we see like a bloody helmet that was that was that belonged to the pilot of one of these jets that we see. Um, and then we see a hilarious series of shots uh, of just painted backgrounds uh, that are claimed to be it's Peking and uh, the Philippines and Okinawa. Yeah. And Okinawa actually is a place, like the 3D place. The other two are paintings. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's like there was a list of, oh, we need to get a shot from Peking, and they're like, oh, sorry, the budget ran out. So just just draw just draw it just draw it. Yeah. Like get Bob Ross in here. We have some stock footage of the actual places from Japan, but Peking, <laughs> no, sorry. Yep. Uh. And so yeah, there's 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 reports of this UFO essentially. Um, not unlike Gamera. Not unlike Gamera. That's a good point. Um, I, I wonder. I wonder if there's any connection there. <laughs> it's almost like uh, Gamera um, being the first kaiju film from Dae took some notes from the Toho kaiju films that were out already. Funny that. Yeah, weird. Um. There's a, a a fun sequence shortly after that because now they know where this cave is mm-hmm. that 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 Rodan hatched. Uh, they send a bunch of people down into there, and it's very suspicious that this cave has like a staircase in it. Um, but anyway, they gather bits of the egg. They uh, then do some science on the egg to work out how big it was when it was complete. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all just to make sure that Shigeru wasn't. Like having a weird nightmare yeah. about it because at this and, point, and also to just gather whatever evidence they can, I suppose. Yeah, at this point, they had no evidence beyond the Meganulon of anything else being there, even though yeah. there's this big mystery UFO flying around. They don't know that that's uh, Rodan or anything relating to those caves. Yep, uh, and they use like they they use their science and knowledge and whatever like applied garbage it doesn't i don't think it necessarily matters they've worked out that it's a pterodon pterodon pteranodon a pteranodon uh and they use information they know about pteranodons to decide where it is most likely to be uh so they head out there yeah and goodness me they're right there it is Here's rodan <laughs> <laughs> um and there's some there's a good suit there's a bad puppet and there's a good puppet yes they 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 very there's yeah there's like as you say there's like three kind of different iterations there's like the actual suit the 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 bad puppet is like a really dodgy looking rodan action figure where it's got like a a button you can press on the back which makes it flap its wings like the intention is that it would be the puppet they use to show rodan kind of taking flight but they don't really get the movements right, so it just looks no. like it's flapping randomly, and it doesn't look great. Um, and the other Rodan puppet is just like a very static Rodan with wings outstretched, being a jet kind of looking thing. Yeah, which is which is fine yeah. because it doesn't need to move. Yeah, it it just flies around. It doesn't need to be flapping wings or anything. Mm-hmm. Although it does beg the question, uh, beg the question. It does raise the question: How does it propel itself? And if it is an ancient dinosaur, why does it sound like a jet? Well, you see, uh, have you watched Dragon Pilot? Yes. Okay. Uh, the answers are within. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, because it's covered in jet parts. No, it's because every every jet in the Japanese military has a Rodan inside it. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, anyway, th- all that's left of this film, really, is three action scenes that go on for too long. <laughs> How dare you? <clears throat> There's a dogfight. Yep. Uh, which does involve some cool, uh, cool bit with a bridge, but they spend a long time leading up to the bridge bit, and not a lot really happens. They build up this this sequence with a bridge around a bridge that's presumably going to get destroyed by these planes, and they spend a long time like evacuating people off of the bridge and showing shots of the bridge, and then it doesn't really culminate particularly well. No, this this was kind of the film's Tokyo Tower moment, but pre-Tokyo Tower. <laughs> like, this this was the big monument that Rodan was going to destroy. Oh, that's a good question. Is this a bridge that we should have recognised, then? <laughs> hmm. I, I mean, now that you say it, if that so, that would sense. make the scene make a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Because the other thing as well is that I have no idea where in Japan this was set, because they kind of don't mention that. Well, uh, we do see a bit in Okinawa, and we do see a bit in Tokyo, but I don't know that we know know specifically where this bridge and this city and this volcano are. Yeah. Well, I guess check the show notes on gloriablog.com and we'll look it up after the podcast. <laughs> or, or not, because it might not be known. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's not a... It might not be a real bridge, so it's hard to say. Mm. Um... So after that bridge scene, they uh, uh, Rodan goes to a city mm-hmm. where some tanks shoot at it, and some buildings get destroyed in admittedly a pretty like pretty impressive way. Yeah. Um. But there are two massive problems with this scene. Yep. Uh. One of which is it goes on for way too long. How long is too long? Uh. Actually, let me let me work this out. Uh. The sea city scene starts at. Uh, one hour, two minutes, and thirty ish, yep. uh, and goes on until. Oh gosh, this is longer than I thought. It sure is. <laughs> um, uh, it goes on during the day until about one hour and eight minutes, but then there's a nighttime bit of it that goes on about a minute or so after that. So, it's it's a long time. Like I will say, it's and it's, it's not that very like it's a lot of reuse. Go on. It's it's interesting that when they're showing Rodan getting kind of peppered by these tanks and and aircraft, it is actually seemingly taking damage. It's not Gamera's invincible outer shell or Godzilla just not yeah. being phased by anything. It is actually getting hurt, which is novel. It doesn't matter yeah. in the grand scheme of yeah, things. Yeah, no. But no, it's interesting that what they are doing is actually making some kind of difference. Yep. Uh, the other big problem with this sequence is that they don't really do nearly as good of a job as they did with the hatching scene of communicating scale. No. Um, now that I'm at, like, I, I, maybe it's just the way that it's framed, but I'm I'm looking at a few shots where you do see Rodan hanging out next to buildings and. It looks like Rodan is like if 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 Rodan stood up straight, probably about what one two three four eight to ten stories tall, which is which is admit admittedly pretty big. Yeah, it's just not. But it doesn't it doesn't feel that big in the way that this scene is shot. No. 
Um, the the other thing as well is that it it could be like the way that a lot of these old tokusatsu shows would convey scale is literally just having uh, an adult in a suit with a bunch of miniatures around the suit, but they kind of haven't done that in this scene. They kind of can't do it in this scene because they've got a bunch of actual actors in it. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like they might have gone for some fun perspective stuff by putting Rodan like in a, in a way that would make it seem larger than it is or you know, to try and convey that it is massive, but nothing really kind of gets to the same kind of scale that we see when Rodan has just hatched. Um, yeah. Which kind of makes it a bit confusing because you're you're expecting this gigantic, uh, like, well, gigantic bird. It's, it's not like a Pteranodon, which a Pteranodon is plenty big. Like, that's kind of what Rodan actually is, but... but chick rodan is considerably bigger in the way that they showed that off um yep. so it's a bit of a bit of a letdown honestly uh so towards the end of this this city fight scene another rodan shows up yeah there are just two now yep there's kind of uh, like uh no real like hinting at this nope. until it happens nope and there's certainly we don't know where it hatched from yeah uh, but yeah, no, there's there's a line of dialogue here that says, there's another, there isn't just one. We have sighted a second Rodan. Yep. So, And this is this is about 15 minutes from the end of the film. Yeah. So, Probably less if you count credits. So Rodan is a is a species, not a name of a particular monster, apparently. Which is weird, because I thought Pterodon, or whatever it was, was the name of the species. Yeah. Um, it's just... So the, 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 the thing about like the scenes leading up to this is that uh, we see Rodan do things like uh, killing the couple on on the hill and being a UFO and getting spotted. All they mm-hmm. had to do was be like, it was seen in two places at the same time. Yep. Like, it's a single line of dialogue that would explain all of this and not make it super weird when a second one shows up. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, they, it, it feels like a way of, of raising the stakes, but it doesn't actually... Yep. <laughs> Uh, not least because the next thing that these two Rodan do is just go hang out on a mountaintop. Yep, they just chill. Um, uh, they they go hang out on a mountaintop, um, and uh, the the military advisor folks, the the people who are coordinating the attempt to kill this thing, uh, say we could shoot it with missiles a bunch. And someone I forget who. Uh, says something to the effect of like, oh, we can't, it would cause an eruption. And they're like, oh, don't worry, it will be careful, or we need to do this anyway, or, you know, we're going to do it anyway. Do you remember what other kaiju film we've watched in this series that had a volcano erupting? Uh, I can't remember any of the other kaiju films we've watched in this series. Okay, never mind then. I'm assuming Gamera had a volcano erupting. It sure did. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, we get another massively overlong quote-unquote action sequence, which mm-hmm. is actually kind of impressive. They've they've got like a bunch of they they've built this set of like mountain, or perhaps they've just gone to a mountain and found like a section of it that they can play off as an entire mountain, and they just blow it up. They put a bunch of little explosives down. Uh, and use them to blow up this model mountain. A bunch of, uh, and it looks 
a bunch of very identical explosives. Well, no, they 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 they're different explosions. It's just that every single time one of them blows up, exactly the same sound plays. Yep. <laughs> just take which just take a stock explosion sound that you found online and then play that right now fifty times in a row. And it might be more than that. It it might well be more than that, but that is what this scene is, and it hurts. It's it's really bad, uh, and it might go on for longer than the city fight scene. Hang, hang on, I'm going to work it out. <laughs> uh, the shooting starts at about 1 hour 14, and goes on until... They're still shooting here, still shooting, still shooting, lots of missiles, still shooting missiles. Uh, I said 1 hour 14, right? Yep. Okay, they stop shooting at... One hour eighteen. That's four plus minutes of nonstop. I think it's explosion. about five minutes by the looks of things. Yeah. Um. Anyway, at the end of this bombardment, the volcano erupts. Weird. Who'd have seen this coming? Uh, I will uh, say the lava looks good. I do like the it. lava looked super good. Mm. the The flames coming out of the volcano looked a bit like a firework, but the lava looked. I don't know what it was, like orange paint with oil in it or something, but they did a really good job of making it bubble and put flames on it. Yeah. It's I am really curious what what chemicals they were using to to do that. Yeah. It, it, it again, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're not like convinced it's a volcano or anything, but as far as like some special effects where what they've basically built is a science fair project, it's pretty good looking. Yeah, it looks and it looks super cool. Uh, but the the volcano erupting um, makes makes the Rodans upset. Yeah, so they they fly they fly up kinda, uh, and then they fly away, and they seem okay. But then they fly back, <laughs> and then land in the lava, and then they both burn to death, and then the film ends. Uh, yeah, this it's it's a super weird ending because as you say they. They seem fine. They seem like they just fly away from the eruption. You, you have to assume that either like the heat of the volcano or shrapnel from the eruption or the smoke... Injured them somehow? Yeah. yeah, something happened, but there's no communication from the humans around to tell us what they think might be happening. And even if that had happened, that wouldn't explain why they flew up and then flew back into the lava. Yeah, it's it's weird, um, but the the death scene itself is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, um, it's it lingers a bit long, but it's not. I mean, given the standards of the rest of this film, it's it's fine. Yeah, and it's it's supposed to be mournful, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's not a it's not a we shot Rodan down, everyone high five. It's no, it's very kind of sad music playing over it even when the end shows up over the top of a burning rodan corpse but yep two two burning rodan corpses sure well one is one is kind of a bit donezo at that point yes um yes but, but yeah I, there's 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 a there's a a reality of how they shot this that i think is pretty obvious but it doesn't make it less effective i'm pretty sure what they did was set the puppet on fire mm-hmm. And then flap about with it until the string burnt. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But that actually is a really effective 
way to communicate the death of this creature because it makes its its movements become like less controlled and then eventually it just can't move at all and it's it's a cool look yeah yeah it's it's not like the execution of the rodan falling into the lava looks fine it's just strange because they don't communicate why it's happened um yeah but it is what it is and and that's the end of rodan the film it is it absolutely is. Um, it says on my screen the end, it, so it, it is. It did in fact say, well, it said the end in, in fun kanji, but but it did say the end. Um, I, I feel like we both agree that this was better than Gamera was? In terms of production, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, I, 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 I feel I, I, I the, the trouble is, like, I loved the first half. It just, it just got so dull at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's it's far from a perfect film, but Gamera had some. Which, but but I, I guess I guess the thing with the end of this film is, yeah, it went on for too long. Mm. But at the time, those city destruction scenes would have presumably been pretty unprecedented. Yeah, if you if you look at it like that, like a lot of even the stuff that we're praising, a lot of this is like pretty top tier special effects for nineteen fifty four. Definitely. Um, so even the stuff that we think looks bad, I'm sure would have gone down pretty well. Like even the green screen minecart chase <laughs> that looks pretty bad now, I'm sure actually looked yeah. pretty decent at the time. So yeah, I, I like especially with green screen stuff. Mm. Like being able to spot bad compositing only comes from having seen a lot of compositing. Yeah, yeah. So it you know from for a film that's what getting on 70 years it's it's not done a bad job but no no i i would i would recommend it yes i uh in you know i would probably not recommend gamera the first one but rodan i would probably recommend yeah i wouldn't even probably yeah. rec- i would recommend it it's just a bit slow at the end yes um so yeah that's the film yeah uh so i understand that you've got a a fun new segment yeah i've i've i figure i figure we should we should start having some segments mm-hmm. uh and so i want to start with my my first segment which i'm going to call colon's cuddle corner does does colon's cuddle corner have a, a fun catchy intro uh you're putting me on the spot there <laughs> uh hold on let me i don't have many of my instruments here but i've got this sure one, so i'll just go it's Colons's Cuddle Corner. Nailed it. Perfect. I'll I'll see if I can prepare something a little bit more elaborate for next next time. <laughs> By which I mean I probably won't. I might go I might go to the place where all my stuff is and grab a ukulele. We'll, we'll just like pick a different instrument next time. Be fine. Yeah. Again, the bass is the only thing I've got here at the moment. Uh, anyway, uh, Colons's Cuddle Corner. Welcome. Um, this is a segment where we discuss the um, the how good cuddly toy merchandise would be oh, okay. of 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 these of these monsters now uh folks who know me know that i have something of a fondness for cuddly toys uh i own too many of them can um, confirm uh, a lot of them are licensed merchandise i have a lot of pokemon uh and some other nintendo characters i've got like a yoshi and a boo um i mean someone had to buy the yoshi plush i guess yes uh, 
Anyway, I feel like that puts me in a good position to talk about these uh, these critters. Sure. Um, and there are two of them in this film. Two different ones uh, in so this film. Yes, so we're going to talk about them. Uh, so Meganalon, the, the bug creature, mm-hmm. the one that gets hyped up for the first half of the film. Um, given that it's bug-like, you'd think that that would make an awful cuddly. Um but I actually think that the Meganalon would be pretty good. Like, it doesn't have any too spindly bits. And as an owner of uh, both a giant isopod plush toy and a charger bug, I can confirm that it is extremely possible to make a very huggable bug cuddly toy. And the Meganalon doesn't have, like, long, long spindly legs. It doesn't have massively spiky claw well it has spiky claws but they're not like huge 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 you could make you wouldn't need like supporting wires or anything to no. make any part of Meganalon. it's it's uh, like it's a little and i feel like it would be pretty easy to make it cute yeah it, it's like a little slug like i think in in the way that that its design is it, it does like you say it doesn't have like a bunch of legs like like an isopod does no, but it does. But it, but it does, as we discussed earlier, have a pretty isopody shell. Yeah, but like as far as like a translation to a plush toy goes, it just it's just more more hugging area. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think it would work pretty well. Um, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what the rankings going to be here. I feel like I want to do more before comparing directly, so I don't want to assign scores too much. Sure, um, but I'm thinking that this is but, probably but... in the four star area, honestly. Mm. uh, Would you say so far that Meganulon is the top of your list? Yes, and it will continue to be until at least the end of this episode. (laughs) Uh, Because as we're going to discuss, I don't think Rodan would make a good cuddly toy. And why is that? So... um... Some of our, some of our, some of our listeners, and I know you, Chris, have been to Pokemon centers before. Sure have. And upon seeing, upon thinking about this segment and looking at Rodan, the first thing that jumped to my mind was Cuddly Charizard. Yep. And the problem with Cuddly Charizard, uh, cuddly toys with big flat surfaces, especially if they have to hold a particular shape, mm-hmm. specifically wings, have. To typically have like wires to support them, and you can't, you can't hug a big flat surface necessarily. Not and very well. It, and 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 there's like a the wires aren't great for hugs either. Like, I don't know how you would make a good um a good Rodan plushie. Mm-hmm. I've got a a, a a a manta ray. That's pretty good, and mm. I guess you could try and model it after that. But then the wings, like the way the reason the manta ray works is because the man the like it doesn't need. I don't know. The ray sides feel different to wings to me, but maybe it'd be possible. I just don't. I just don't see it. I feel like the way to make a good Rodan plush, and in in a way that I don't think a Rodan plush actually would be, is that you would just need to scale it up more. You need oh. you need Rodan's head to be big enough that when you're hugging it, it can it can come over the top of your shoulder, and you need its wings to be long enough that it can ra- you can wrap them around you. Oh, okay, that could work. I could see that. That's going to be an expensive. Yeah, it, this is getting out of the Pokemon Center territory, really, because this is like large. But, yes, 
This is like actually adopting a baby. <laughs> um, and the other problem is that I don't, I don't see a way to make. Maybe I'm just thinking about the baby one too much. Mm. The baby like covered in gunk one, but I don't see a way to make Rodan cute. Uh... I'm sure that I mean your your phone wallpaper and the associated piece of Godzilla <laughs> Mothra fan art. Yep. Does does communicate? Well, I mean Godzilla and Mothra are cute already. I, who am I kidding? So I on on making Rodan cute. One one thing I will say is that there was a promotion uh, that ran alongside the most recent American Godzilla film, yeah, King of the Monsters, that version of King of the Monsters, uh, uh, wherein the the kind of associated Japanese artwork involved all four of the main monsters in that film in a very kind of stylized chibi look yes uh and they're all cute what do i what do i what do i search to find this uh i i will throw a link into into the blog for this i cannot remember the name of the actual promotion off the top of my head (laughs) fair enough uh it's it's not impossible it's also not what you'd want from a rodan plush i will say that that was going to be my second question like if they did that kind of treatment would it make a good cuddly? No, because if you saw if you saw this art as a plush toy and you hadn't seen the art of the other monsters with it, you wouldn't know it's Rodan. Right. But right. Ghidorah, I reckon you could probably recognize. Oh yeah. Just by virtue of having three heads. Three heads and no arms. Yeah. Um but but yeah, so it's it's like can you make Rodan cute? Yeah, sure. But can you make it like recognizably Rodan still? Eh, probably not. Huh. Okay, so I'm going to give Rodan somewhere between one and two stars <laughs> on that scale. Then, sure. Um, do you want to? Co- yeah. Do you want to rank Gamera while you're here? Uh, hold on, let me pull up some pictures of Gamera. Sure. Um, uh, uh, images Gamera. Uh, sorry about the typing noises. Gamera uh, big tail. Okay. Um, Again, listeners listeners may or may not be aware, but probably aren't aware, uh, that my favourite stuffed toy is a tortoise. I think um, all so of the I... listeners are aware. All <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Uh, so, uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I, like, Gamera is just a big, bulky, pillowy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you didn't make the shell hard, like some kind of idiot. Sure, uh, but would yeah. you? I, I guess one of the one of the variants is: do you, do you give it the spiky shell or not? Because that depends on like which version of Gamera are you going for. I mean, I, I feel like you probably would, but at the same time, I don't think that's a bad thing. Because no, give it some texture. Yeah, it, it it'd still be spongy. Yeah, is at the end of the day, this is just going to be a a Blastoise or a Turtonator plush with, with Gamera's face on it. Um, alternative question. Uh, what if what if you went with? Well, hold on. I'm gonna link you to this picture I'm looking at. You you can put it in the show notes. This is a configuration of of uh, of Gamera that I feel like would work especially well as a cuddly toy. This is the uh, the uh, no legged fire expul. Like... It's got two legs. It's got head and two front legs. Sure. And okay. then the back two leg holes just have fire coming out of them. Yeah. It's a Gamera that can do nothing but hug. It's also a Gamera that is permanently setting things on fire. I'm assuming that if you are doing a cuddly toy adaptation of this thing, you would either emit the fire entirely or 
have it be like cuddly fire, like on a cuddly uh, Charmander, for example. Mm. I I will say though at that point that that trying to model fire on plush toys always sucks. I okay counterpoint. I've got a Chikorita mm-hmm. that that is pretty good. That has like an actual like hollow leaf on its head, right? Rather than like a bit of felt. oh, sorry, I'm not thinking of Chikorita. I do this every time. What's the the fire starter from that Thai Cyndaquil? Cyndaquil, yes, the one that evolves into Thai Flosion. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, no. Cyndaquil uh, has like flames on its back that are made of like fine, big fine fur. That works pretty well. Not, it's not just felt. It's not anime. No, it's toy not felt. hair. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. the that's the thing that I don't like. That is typically Fair what enough. fire is. Either way, uh, turtle configuration of this thing. Even if you took the one with fire and just put legs there, or just <laughs> the, the the other alternative is just go full UFO form Gamera and just have it be a shell. At, at that point, it's just hug this cushion. Yeah, it is just a pillow at that point. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's a pillow in the shape of a turtle shell. In terms of huggability, though, in all of these configurations, I think Gamera is pretty hecking good. Oh yeah, everybody needs a Gamera for a pillow. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, like like I said, I didn't want to score stuff in advance too much because uh, context is important. I think mm-hmm. I might have to put uh, Meganalon down to like three and put Gamera at four. I will say that that Gamera is more of a standard pillow, where Meganalon would be more of a daki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. It's very long. Uh, yes. Gosh, I am I am now tremendously excited for this seg segment next month. Sure. Uh yeah, actually speaking uh well I'm not speaking. <laughs> no, of, we you knowing, should knowing, do the actual rankings first. Yeah, knowing what that film is, it, it it'll be fun. <laughs> um so yeah, so we'll we'll move into our, our final segment for this episode, which is the ranking of Kaiju. <laughs> So we have two monsters to rank. Obviously, we're not counting Rodan twice because it, neither of them did anything. The other one couldn't. Yeah, they were basically the same thing. Yeah. So in terms of Meganulon, I've got some points, some a, a bit of a bullet list, and I'll run down it. And these are both positives and negatives. <laughs> um, it's Wiggly, which I think is a positive. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it can seemingly survive underwater. We we don't know how long for, but it 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 seemed to be doing a pretty decent job of murdering humans whilst being underwater. So it can't be that bothered by it. At least one or two at a time, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's apparently quite hard to shoot. Um, I, I, in- yeah, I, I I kind of contest this one because I don't know if that's more to do with the ineptitude of the people who are trying to shoot it, or uh, I like to think that it's. It's just too cute that they can't bring <laughs> themselves to shoot it. Okay, but either way, I don't think it. I don't think Meganulon ever got shot, did it? No, I don't. I don't like even when they were using their giant hacking machine guns. I don't know that we ever saw like sparks of bullet hitting armor. Yeah, and at the very least, none of them ever died from a bullet wound. So even if they did catch no. catch no. it once humans, or twice, it, it human, definitely didn't die. Humans never once killed a Meganulon. No, the only thing that killed Meganulon in this film was Rodan. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and a negative point. Speaking of uh, good snacks for large birds, <laughs> I, I would I would say that's potentially a positive. Yeah, it's, it's a use you can put them to. Yeah, I mean, as as far as we could tell, Meganulon is just the Meganulon that we are most familiar with is just trying to provide for its family. Yes, definitely. So I'd say that Meganulon is a a good working bug. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. Humans wrecking stuff as per usual. Yep. Just trying to make um, it in this cruel world. Yeah. Um, in terms of where Meganulon ranks in our monster ranking. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, our monster ranking currently consists of the top ranked monster being Gamera from Gamera the Giant Monster. And the bottom ranked monster being Gamera from Gamera the Giant Monster. Yeah. Um, I would have to put Meganulon below Gamera. Interesting. Okay. So even though Meganulon is a pretty strong monster, and I think that I don't think it will remain uh, bottom of the list for very long, uh, it doesn't have a lot going for it in the grand scheme of kaiju it is pretty slow it's seemingly only pretty only good at fighting humans it doesn't have it hasn't got anything to protect itself against rodan um and it's kind of forgotten about at the end of the day like even though rodans are dispatched at the end of the film meganulon's still around which isn't a a negative for meganulon but it's kind of forgettable i think even the protagonists of this film forget about it. Yeah, and there are more than... I'd say there's at least ten of them alive at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. We we only see Rodan eat, like, two of them. We can assume it probably ate some more, but there was yeah. a whole nest's worth there. Yeah, this was like an ant colony, so they're not going anywhere. So they're hardy, which is another plus, but... Yeah, um, and they're going to keep messing up this coal miner's town. Yeah. But as far as like ranking it versus Gamera, I think Gamera yep. with its whole cannot be hurt bullshit <laughs> does a pretty good job of uh, remaining above Meganulon. Even yep. when it's sent to Mars, it's still alive. So, um, The other monster uh, of the film, of course, is Rodan. Mm-hmm. Um, and my bullet list reads supersonic speeds and in turn being able to blow things over, which is like... It's kind of main weapon, really. Like, it does have another weapon, which we'll mention in a minute. But its kind of main form of attack is just blowing things away. Um, the the kind of exception to that, actually, now that I think about it, is regards the um, the newlywed couple that we saw on the mountain, because at the time we don't understand what happened to them we just see like i think it was a camera and a shoe are left behind there's yep. no like bloody yep. mess or anything we no. do towards the end see their bones which yes. we only realize is them be- is because we see like the other high heel that goes with the other one that was left on the mountain because yep. apparently rodan doesn't eat shoes but does um, eat clothes that does are eat- not shoes yeah it leaves the bone picks the bones completely clean and, and eats the dude's shoes presumably I think so. I don't remember there being dude shoes there. Mm. Um, so it it can attack and eat humans and not be that threatened by it, but it doesn't really have a good way of attacking them so much as it just 
we assume grabs them and then just eats them later. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't get to destroy Tokyo Tower, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, that is mostly because Tokyo Tower didn't exist at the time, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, no, didn't get to destroy it. Uh, for for the record, the previous record, uh, Gamera destroyed Tokyo Tower eleven minutes after it first appeared on screen. <laughs> this is a this is a number we will be tracking going forward. So mm-hmm. we look forward to Tokyo Tower falling down multiple times. Um, Rodan also shows very briefly that it has some kind of a gas breath attack. Like a Godzilla-esque. Yeah, it's 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 kind of uh it seems like it's got a shorter range. It's probably it's more yeah. akin to Godzilla from the first Godzilla's breath rather than his famous atomic blast, but um yeah, it's also the thing. it's also the only time that Rodan is ever shown having a gas breath. None of Rodan's other appearances it can use this. Huh. Um there's another fun fact. I didn't mention that one at the beginning because it's kind of a spoiler, but That's weird. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a hey, we need to make this thing seem more menacing. But even then, I don't think it killed anyone with it. It did set a lot of the city on fire. Right, maybe that was what it was. But and, the, and there is a there is there is a shot where they very much imply that a lot of the city is on fire. Yeah, um, not quite as effective as Gamera's inverted colors, people burning alive thing. <laughs> yep, um, but. It, it it has gas breath, so that's nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds more like a jet than actual jets do. Um, which, considering it's kind of competing with Gamera, um, cons- like as Rodan is is going to be ranking above Meganulon, given just how much of a non-threat Meganulon was to Rodan. Wow, spoilers. Uh, wow, well, you know. Um, Gamera also had a bit of a. I mean, it definitely had a jet thing, but if I remember right, it also kind of sounded a bit like one too. Did it have a sound uh, effect? Or am I, I can't remember, that? and I and I don't have I don't have that film anymore. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, no, certainly they both had like motifs of hey, we are flying very fast. Yeah, and being mysterious in that way. Um, Rodan, I, I, it's hard to say if Rodan was faster because I think that they mentioned. Gamera also moving at some kind of supersonic speeds, but the the one thing I would say about that is that Rodan actually seems like a a very kind of sleek jet, whereas Gamera just felt like it was flailing around in the air, like a fat discus. Yeah, I mean, it was literally a, a turtle shell spinning around mm-hmm. crazy fast. But it doesn't seem like the most efficient aerodynamic thing. But no, probably also get you very like motion sick pretty quickly. That's a good point. Yeah, it does spin pretty quick. Yeah. Um, also so, difficult to understand how it sees where it's going. <laughs> maybe it doesn't. Mm. Um, Rodan also gets hurt by bullets and fire, um, which is notable because Gamera doesn't. Gamera, in fact, thrives on fire. Yes. Intentionally causes it and eats it. Gamera very hungry for fire, and bullets do not hurt it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, Rodan seemed pretty okay about getting in and out of the water. So I wouldn't say that it can swim or anything, but water isn't bothering it. Did we learn anything about, uh, Gamera's relationship with water? Uh, if I remember right, it spent most, did it not spend a bunch of time just underwater and radiating stuff? So yeah, I think virtue of being a, uh, 
turtle-esque, tortoise-esque thing. It, it swims. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's okay there. Okay. Um, so Where'd yeah. you put it? Uh, it is officially number two or three. Okay. It it did not beat Gamera, the big invincible turtle, but I have I have a belief that there will be a monster somewhere in kaiju history that will defeat Gamera. I suspect that that is probably correct, but as our, our, our list currently stands, yes. Gamera's number one, Gamera is Rodan's number, one. number two, and Meganulon's number three. Yep, Meganulon, officially the worst monster in kaiju history. Okay, uh, so the odds are pretty likely that Meganulon is going to become number four next month. <laughs> So, uh, probably. Um, I need to remember if there are any additional monsters in this film. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it could become number four and then number, f- number five. If, uh... So, I, I believe our list will at least go to five next month. Okay, fair enough. Uh, why is that? Uh, because the next film we will be watching, number f- episode three in our long-running Glorio King of the Kaiju franchise will be Ghidorah the Free-Headed Monster. From 1964. 1964's finest. A That's a Toho joint, head. right? It is a Toho joint, yeah. And it's eight years after this one. Uh, yes. And um, about the same time as Gamera. So I guess we'll find out how Toho were doing when Gamera came out. Yes. Weirdly, they went back to black and white. They didn't. Interesting. They didn't. I made that up. Oh, dang it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this was their first color film that we just watched. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting because, like you say, it's, it's a bit, it was competing with this film at the time. Or at least you'd assume it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Ghidorah is in this film. I should stop saying Ghidorah. Ghidorah is a bad habit. Wait, really? Say what? Is, is there a difference between Ghidorah and King Ghidorah? No. No, it's, okay. it's 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 the same monster. There are there are different iterations of Ghidorah. I just I I just stop saying Ghidorah because it's like Ghidorah would be better. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's 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 one of those like saying words before I I knew what Japan was. What do they What do they How do they pronounce it in um, King of the Monsters 2019? Ah, uh, I want to say it's it's closer to Ghidorah because I feel like. Um, uh, Ken Watanabe's character was saying his name for most of that film. Okay, um, uh, but I would have to check. It was a while ago. That's fair, and it doesn't matter now because this isn't the Ghidorah episode. No, uh, that will be in the fine month of August, twenty nineteen, sometime. Heck yeah! Uh, so yeah, that wraps up our Tyrannodon themed episode. Mm-hmm. We kind of did all the plugs at the at the mid uh, like before the film bit. Yeah. So. so, fingers crossed, you still remember all of that. If you don't, go to thegloryplug.com <laughs> Yep, and find the post, uh, or go to YouTube, or or just seek back in this podcast a couple hours. Yeah, actually, we're not going to tell you anything. Go back to the beginning and listen harder. <laughs> um, yeah. For more information, please reread. So if you have any, like, if you want to read uh, the show notes, that'll be in the blog on the website. If you want to leave any fun comments about how we missed something super important. Or, or if you have any, like, science-based speculation about how certain mechanics in this film could have worked. Sure. Or, actually, hey, here's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Can you come up with a reason based on, like, 
biological behavior, like demonstrated behavior that animals have, that that Rodans would fly back to the lava. Sure. That they were dying in. Sure. I mean, I would like to know. <laughs> um, if you disagree with Curlons' Cuddle Corner and you think that one plush was given a disservice, then let us mm-hmm. know. Or if you have like ideas for how you could go about manufacturing them, or if it turns out they already exist. <laughs> Send a one-to-one scale size Rodan plush to Colon. <laughs> Please don't. I think that might be a literal crime. Their address is... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we're not going to dox ourselves on this podcast. But <clears throat> no, you've got to, you got to, you got to get the premium version of the podcast for that. Yeah, subscribe to Kaiju Gold to have our address, mm-hmm. um, and then you can send us that one one scale right down. Um, no, that about does it. So yeah, uh, tune back in August, and we will have some stuff to say, I'm sure, about Gira, the free headed monster, uh, and we'll see you then. People too. Pipple too. Dum 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 King of the Kaiju. It is a podcast. It goes like something. And then we play it. I don't know what this thing is that we're doing, but it's a podcast, apparently.